GameZillaMedia.com Noise Land Arcade Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. I am one of your co-hosts, Craig WK, and with me, as always, is my buddy. I'm the other co-host, the Arcade Phantom. Great to have you, Sean. Always love chatting with you about The Simpsons. Uh, today, we're talking about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, this is going to be a good one. So, just a little bit of a disclaimer for any of our listeners out there. We are from the Detroit area, mm-hmm. so there's going to be a lot of references to our hometown that we're going to make in this episode. It's kind of fun, yeah. I, uh, I, I I found a lot of stuff about Detroit as going through this episode. So, uh, Sean, when did this episode first air? Yeah, this episode first aired February 21st, 1991. Yeah, so in this dramatic episode, Homer finds out he has a long-lost half-brother. After reconnecting with him, Homer learns his brother is a rich car company owner and goes to spend some time with him. So, Sean. Yeah? Do you want to talk about something really, really ridiculously weird that was going on in the news right now? I kind of do. What's going on? So, Sean, I... Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's crazy things going on. Yugoslavia civil wars, uh, Operation, you know, Desert Storm is is ratcheting up and nearing the, its its end. But I uh, so you're gonna depress us again? Is that what you're getting at? Only if my depravity is what is going to depress everyone, Sean. Today we're talking about porn. We're talking about porn today? What? (laughs) We're talking about porn. So in the Detroit Free Press, uh, there was an article about amateur porn and how it's becoming the new big thing. So in this time, in the early 90s, uh, what was happening was is that the porn industry was seeing a boom where uh, people were filming themselves having sex, basically, doing, you know, typical porn stuff. And uh, they were making up to uh, $30 per minute when they sold it. Hot damn. So here's the big thing. Uh, At this time, you know, there wasn't, you know, this is the kind of the interesting thing is like you didn't have uh, the Internet wasn't big back then. You know, you didn't really have Internet porn that much, at least as far as I know. I'm sure there was, but, you know, it was probably not as easily as accessible as it is today. So what was happening was is these people were making like individual porn movies on like VHS or whatever. And I don't even know if they were getting copied. I They might have. I p- would presume that they probably were getting copied just because like, you know, that way they can make more money. Uh, the you know people who would buy them. But yeah, amateurs were making porn, and it was becoming a big thing. And a lot of people were talking about how the the uh, the appeal was in how like kind of average it was. It wasn't like supermodels. It wasn't you know uh, like typical porn star people. It was just average run of the mill people. And to this day, it amateur porn still a big thing. That's crazy to think that I would have imagined internet would have been like the big boom for amateur porn. I wouldn't have imagined it would have been in like the VHS era. Yeah, it was becoming a bigger thing. And, and probably when the uh, uh, Internet became bigger is when, uh, you know, people realized there was a market for it and they started making websites because uh, full disclosure, I, you know, when I was in, you know, younger, I when I shouldn't have been looking at porn, I totally was. And uh, I remember distinctly a lot of websites hyping up the fact that you know it was like oh amateurs here check it out you know and all this stuff so you know yeah 
That's crazy. That I'm being so upfront and honest about my <laughs> looking at porn when I was a kid. No, I totally <laughs> don't think that's crazy at all. Every kid looks at porn. Pretty much, yeah. They find the hidden stash in the woods and... Yeah, pretty much. Or their weird Uncle Billy decides to hook them up. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. <clears throat> anyway, Sean, what do you have for uh, news? Oh, so uh, February 25th, a little cartoon came out. It was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon that I kind of loved growing up. I don't know if you huh. loved it, but you, you you loved it. I know you love it. Uh, yeah, I loved the cartoon. The Pirates of Dark Water aired its first yes, episode. Yes, I love that show. Sadly, we never get an ending to this series. Oh, we never did. Come on, Cartoon Network, you own this property. It's a Hanna-Barbera property. Make it an adult swim show. Give us an ending to make it epic and adult. Oh, my God. An adult swim version of Pirates of Dark Water? I don't even think I want the ending. I just want that to continue. Yeah, just make it a reboot. I don't care. I just want something. so good. Oh, man. Pirates of Dark Water, objectively, its first few episodes are pretty amazing. The sh- when it hits syndication, the show kind of goes down a little bit in quality and stuff. But, I mean, it's it's an amazing cartoon. I loved it so much. I like the Monkey Bird Virus episode. Oh, that was a really good one. I always uh, did that with my G.I. Joes, where there was some outbreak of some deadly biological weapon. I really love the in the opening few episodes when Ren is, uh, the Prince Ren, the main character, and Nidler, his, his monkey bird companion, are in the bowels of the Maelstrom, the villain's ship. What an awesome ship, by the way. Oh, it's so cool. It's like made of bone. It's like the bones of a whale that they made into a ship. And it's such a big ship that it has its own like society of people that live in like the sewers of the ship. So crazy. God, forget the Simpsons. Let's shock pirates of dark water all day. Oh, my God. Can uh, we? Noisy tot. No, we can't. We got to get to the Simpsons. Longo, longo. Oh, man. So, yeah. So uh, uh, the episode starts up. And uh, we see something that is a little strange. There's a senator by the name of Mendoza who's talking about his like drug smuggling, po- uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 basically his like drug smuggling ring. And I, uh, he, uh, for the record too, a lot of his like committee uh, of goons. Look a lot like Burns's group for when he ran for governor. Oh yeah, they look a lot like it. Yeah, it's, it can't be a coincidence. I, uh, and so you know they like they you know uh, Mendoza asks what happened to McBain, and one of the goons is like, oh, I think McBain is you know around this time running into a an accident. Ha ha ha! And they all laugh, and McBain explodes out of the table with a giant machine gun. Mendoza is like McBain and he's like meeting adjourned or some other like cliche movie line and just guns them all down and he grabs Mendoza throws him through the window and he falls through a gas tanker and blows up while screaming McBain and then we find out it's a movie so this is actually the first McBain scene that they animated the previous one was not the first one this is the first one they did, and this episode ended up airing later in the season. Oh, I see. But, as we pointed out last time McBain appeared, that all the McBain clips form one cohesive plot to a movie, and it's great. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out online. I Yeah, I forgot that uh, I, there was another McBain scene earlier in the series. That's right. Uh, so, Grandpa 
uh, Simpson and Jasper are upset. They apparently paid $2.50 for this movie and think this is a ripoff. So you forgot my favorite part of the McBain movie. I, I, I'm not done with McBain yet. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so uh, we get a Bond ending. That's right. So we do have a James Bond uh, reference because they start playing a very Bond-esque song. And they even say, but uh, uh, but McMain will be back in You Have the Right to Remain Dead, which, of course, is a play on the James Bond movies. A lot of the older ones, almost all the older ones, would always say, uh, but Bond will be back in and then have the name of the next movie. Yeah, typically now they do say James Bond will return. Well, that's right. James Bond will return. Thank you. It's also something Marvel used for the Avengers movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's it's very clearly the James Bond reference, though, which is great. Uh, so they want their 250 back. Oh, and uh, for the record, uh, the barfly with the green cap, uh, whose name is Sam, I do believe, is uh, in the background uh, watching uh, the movie as well. So in 1991, do you know what the average movie ticket price was? No, how much? The average price on a national average is 421 Oh, so if they saw a matinee, it probably would be about two fifty. That makes sense. Which then. fits Grandpa and Jasper. I, uh, yeah. So they they go to the manager and demand a refund, and the pimply manager does not have the pimply guy voice yet, uh, and he just says that it's against policy. He can't you know refund them, and he tells uh, uh, Abraham Simpson he's like you know don't have a heart attack, and I. Uh, Grandpa starts getting mad and starts to have a heart attack. And I love that he, as he's falling down, he does the, like, he pulls on the guy's tie and he's like, don't do whipper step. And he like falls over and has his heart attack. Uh, Presumably a heart attack. We'll get to that. I... Meanwhile, the Simpson family is having uh, dinner, and Homer is saying grace, and he says God bless nuclear power and that it has no proven fatalities in this country, at least, because Chernobyl happened on April 26th, 1986, which was when a nuclear reactor had a steam explosion after safety features were turned off during a test and was this horrible, horrible catastrophe. Yeah, four people immediately lost their lives in the explosion. Another 134 were hospitalized with acute radiation syndrome. Yeah, it was bad. Pripyat is still uninhabitable to this day in 2019. I mean, it'll be uninhabitable for what, like another like few thousand years or some nonsense? I think it's not that far away. I think it's only about 100 years, so I think it's like 2069 they said it would be inhabitable. I watched a documentary about it a while ago, and it's sometime this century will be inhabitable again. Oh, okay. But nobody will probably go there because there's the long-standing fear that it will have horrible property values. No one wants to build there because people don't want to go there. Mutants, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fallout, basically. Yep. We've all been there. People listen to old-timey music and fight mutants in Chernobyl and Pripyat. <laughs> Actually, on second thought, maybe I do want to go. Uh, so I, I, Simpsons are having like a, a meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and green beans. Uh, Bart and Lisa start arguing uh, because uh, uh, Bart stole a green bean, and Bart claims that well, Lisa opened her eyes, and they start arguing, which is worse. And Homer starts yelling at him, saying that like he's like you know not another word. And I love this scene because it reminds me of what me and my sister would do, just being obnoxious, like like to annoy our mother. Uh, because they uh, they start doing like uh, pantomiming, uh, like like you know you are crazy and like you know like making each other laugh, and uh, uh, you know Homer is like no no pantomiming either. I, uh, but the phone rings. Marge gets it, and 
she lets Homer know that Grandpa's in the hospital. So, if this episode had taken place earlier, yeah, pre one fish two fish, mm-hmm. I don't think Homer would have had the reaction he has. Homer has a genuine fear for his father's life, which normally Homer wouldn't care less. He'd be like, "Oh well, it's Grandpa. Whatever." That is true. I mean, like, here's the thing though: Homer does love his father. His father doesn't, you know, treat him especially well. And, you know, Homer is, I I feel like Homer is sort of that child that's perpetually looking for his father's approval, you know? So, I mean, like, I I think that even if uh, we didn't have them reconnect, we probably still would have had Homer upset and and emotional about it because, you know, he he wants his father's love. It's just that he never got it. Uh, But, yeah, they get to the hospital, and Dr. Hibbert says that Abraham only had a mild arrhythmia, which is like an improper beating of the heart. Uh, And Grandpa Simpson's like, mild? He's like, go back to the pharmacy, you quack. And uh, Hibbert says, like, he laughs. He's like, you'll bury us all, Grandpa Simpson. And uh, they take off, uh, Hibbert and the rest of the family, leaving Homer with Grandpa. He says, come closer, my son. He's like, ah, oh, but not that close. And he's like, P.U. And he pushes him away. Uh, and Grandpa basically says that, you know, the heart attack made him realize that he's going to die someday. Uh, which it leads to probably one of my favorite lines from the episode. Grandpa's like, he's like, that heart attack made me realize I'm going to die someday. And Homer's like, oh, Dad, you and your imagination. <laughs> one of my favorite lines is coming up. And I, I, Grandpa lets Homer know that he has a half-brother. So, mm-hmm. Grandpa yep. went to the carnival to check out the skirts. So weird. And he met a girl at the carnival who would do things that Mona would never do. Like have sex for money. <laughs> that might be my favorite line. Grandpa had hooked up with a prostitute. And by hooked up, I mean hired. Because it's what you do with a prostitute. You don't hook up with one. I think you hire one. She did things your mother would never do, like have sex for money. That's <laughs> such a good one. The lady kept the kid uh, that she had, and uh, Grandpa, uh, well, in this case, it was just Abraham, and this lady decided to put the kid in the Shelbyville orphanage. Uh, we finally see Mona, or Mother Simpson. Uh, her hair color changes from the wedding Uh to brown to lavender, which I thought was weird. And she says Homer must never know, and she need you know he needs to respect his father. Prom- promise me you'll never say anything. And Grandpa uh, uh, remembers him saying that he goes okay, and then it cuts back to re- uh, uh, current day, and he goes uh oh, uh, and he goes uh, forget I just said that. Homer is kind of excited and emotional, uh, and he says you must you know you decided to keep me. You must really love me. And Grandpa says interesting theory. <laughs> Grandpa's really good in the short part he's in. He really is. Homer vows that he's going to find his half-brother, and uh, Grandpa Simpson's like, yeah, whatever, and, you know, doesn't seem to care. Uh, On the car ride home, Lisa says, you know, something around the lines of, like, long-lost half-brother. How Dickensian. Are you familiar with a Charles Dickens work that would evolve, like, long-lost siblings? Because, I, I mean, Oliver Twist is his biggest book, and, I mean, that doesn't seem to involve long-lost siblings as far as I know. I When I searched online, I couldn't find one in particular. Uh, so, for, for any of our listeners uh, who are more familiar with, like, Charles Dickens' work, um, by all means, 
let us know. Jump on our Discord. Jump on our Facebook uh, page uh, for Noiseland Arcade uh, or go to GameZillaMedia.com to find the link to our Discord uh, because I have no clue. Do you? I don't. But if anyone knows, let us know about the little bastard. Because all I got to say is bastard, 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 bastard. Bart does the same gag he did a couple episodes ago. Yeah, he does. He Instead of singing about hell, he sings about that bastard he's singing you know because it's the the proper word uh and uh which is funny but once again really obnoxious so bart uses at least three curse words i can think of Mm -hmm. where he appropriately uses the terms for them of hell bastard and later we'll see what santa's little helper and his girlfriend (laughs) bitch which march is gonna look up because she thinks that's gotta be a mistake (laughs) that's right i so i i uh, so Homer is going to uh, uh, the orphanage. He has the the address to it, and uh, he goes into the gas station where it should be. And he's like, "Is this the orphanage?" And this, and we uh, hear the sarcastic guy's voice, uh, but it's not to his usual bald with a mustache uh, uh, look. He's just some, this like gas station attendant, and he's like, uh, "Whoa, you're a little late there, buddy." He's like, uh, "You know, it's." Uh, uh, you know, not been here since for 30 years. And Homer breaks down and screams and starts like hitting the ground. And he's like, am I doomed to be forever alone? And everyone in the gas station is just kind of like staring at him, freaked out. And the guy's like, buddy, it moved across the street 30 years ago. And Homer looks across. He's like, oh, sorry. So we find in the next scene, Homer is talking with a guy who looks suspiciously like Dr. Hibbert, who's talking about how he doesn't know who uh, where he was from, and he's you know been looking for a long-lost brother himself. So he's looking for Bleeding Gums Murphy, right? That, or this guy's a jazz musician as well. Hmm. Because later on in the series, we find out that Dr. Hibbert had a long-lost brother who he thought was a jazz musician. Bleeding Gums Murphy had a brother who chuckled at the most inappropriate times. <laughs> Uh-huh. So uh, I, I'm i not sure. Is it a mix-up? Did they just decide to like take that joke and just remix it later on? Maybe just Hibbert's got a lot of brothers that he never got to meet because they all got spread out. I could be. I could be. Uh, so uh, Homer finds out that uh, uh, the Powell family picked up uh, his brother, and he was named Herbert. Uh, and Homer wants to know where he's you know, move to where he's from, how we can find him. And, and, you know, this, this, uh, uh, orphanage, uh, uh, guy, or the guy who runs this orphanage, it's like, you know, sir, he's like, I can't tell you that due to like all these policies and stuff. He's like, you could find your brother anywhere though, even in Detroit. And Homer's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, sir, you don't understand. I, it's some people say that Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. I find that it's Detroit. And Homer's like, you keep changing the subject. He's like, I just want to find my brother. And Homer freaks out. And finally, he's like, read between the lines, you idiot. And he's like, oh, all right then. And he slams a $20 bill on the counter. And he's like, $20, will you tell me where my brother is now? And he's like, Detroit, your brother's in Detroit. He's like, thank you. So I did a little research into this. Mm -hmm. If you were trying to find your adopted parents, Mm -hmm. what you have to do is you have to go to the orphanage write a letter of consent that you want to meet those people. Uh-huh. They then send the letter to them, and they have to send a response that they want to meet you as well. They can deny it and never meet you. Oof. Yeah. Adoption 
can get real dark. Real messy, yeah, yeah. seriously. Oh, man. Uh, so uh, Homer goes uh, to the phone book to look for... The what? Yeah, so that's a big thing to talk about. I don't think they make them anymore. No, they still do. Oh, they what, still really? do. You get them at businesses. Yep. Oh. Phone books still exist. They still arrive. No one uses them. They're a big paperweight that you have at your place. Be danged. Uh, for those who are young and maybe don't know, uh, a phone book is basically Google's white pages before it was on the internet. It's just like everybody in a city's area. There was a big feat of strength to rip a phone book in half because they were such large books. Oh, God, yeah, they were enormous. Uh, and you would get one, like, what, once a year? Once a year, yeah. Yeah, once a year you would get one. It would be updated. Uh, now, I. Uh, Homer goes through and he's not finding the right person. And finally, Marge is like, hey, have you tried calling this H. Powell? And he's like, H. It could be Herbert. He's like, let's give it a shot. And he calls up and with the voice of Danny DeVito. The best casting ever. Danny DeVito as Herb, Homer's brother, is such a perfect casting. It is really good. I could legitimately believe that he was Dan Castellano's brother. Just the way they talk to each other is so well. Yeah, they do. They they have great chemistry when they uh, uh, talk uh, talk and bicker and stuff. Uh, and he starts talking. He's like, are you Her, uh, Herbert Powell? And he's like, yes. And he's like, you know, he's like, tell me, uh, Herbert, were you adopted? And he's like, what? And he's like, you know, were you adopted out of the Shelbyville orphanage? And he's like, in the line he delivers, like, there's so much power and emotion behind, how did you know that? And he's so paranoid. And Homer's like, I'm your long-lost brother. And there's a pause. And Homer's like, stupid phone. He starts smacking it on the, the table. And he's like, hey, 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 hey. He's like, I'm just, you know, being silent because of the emotion involved. And Homer's like, oh, well, all right. He's like, well, we have a couch that folds out. He's like, you can come by our place. And I... Uh, Herbert's like, I have a better idea. Why don't you come visit me? And we find he's in a mansion. So this whole scene, we never see Herbert's face. Nope. He, we, we don't just see, see him from Herbert's behind. face for a while. He, we'll even get a meeting with him where we don't see his face. Also, more importantly, we know that this must be an old couch. Because later in The Simpsons, when Krusty's staying with The Simpsons, they try to pull off the couch, but it's the old one. So this is the old couch. You're welcome. I'm so glad you put that together. <laughs> so the family goes to visit Herb and we get the most Michigan scene you can possibly get. Homer hits a pothole and <laughs> spills his drink all over. For people who don't know, we have terrible roads and we always have potholes, no matter the time of year. That is so true. In fact, I uh, in my notes, it specifically says, pothole, it is Detroit. <laughs> my note says, pothole is the most Michigan thing ever. So I... I I, I really love a, a line here as they drive, uh, they're they driving uh, uh, to Detroit because uh, the Barton Lee's are like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And Homer's getting more and more mad. And Marge yells back at the kids and she's like, you know, like, kids, she's like, settle down or we're going to turn this car around. And Homer is like, but I want to see my brother. And she's like, oh, Homer, it's an empty threat. And he's like, oh, sorry. Uh, and they get pulled over by a cop. And the cop looks in and sees Homer and he goes, oh, sorry, sir. I didn't know it was you. And uh, Homer's like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> and he just goes away. Yep, and he drives off. Uh, Homer gets to a gas station. He's got to go to the bathroom. So he rushes up and uh, uh, opens the door, goes to the bathroom, goes to the urinal. And there's a dude in there who's like, what are you doing here? 
And Homer's like, what does it look like? That's a great line from Homer. <laughs> it really is. I also uh, appreciate that there was a Kilroy was here uh, 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 drawing in the bathroom, which, for those who don't know, is American graffiti that became very widespread during World War II. It uh, shows a little doodle of a guy looking over a wall with a big nose. I didn't catch that that was there. Oh, yeah. There's a Kilroy was here in there. It nice. doesn't say Kilroy was here. It's just the drawing. Uh, they they hit a pothole, and uh, while the kids are laughing at Homer, they pass by Powell Motors. And apparently, Powell Motors is losing ground to the Japanese, and he asks his uh, team of executives why. Did you catch the three reasons? I did not catch the three reasons. One says unfair trade practices. Another dude says mushy-headed one-worlders in Washington. And the guy at the end goes, some sort of gypsy curse? And Herb is furious. He says that he, uh, he's like, you know, uh, he wants to know uh, why they were hired. And they're like, well, we went to Harvard. And they're like, you know, just like you. And he's like, yeah, but mommy and daddy didn't pay my way. I was working, washing your dishes and scrubbing your toilets. And one of the guys goes, oh, yeah, now I remember you. And to cheer him up, they're like, well, hey, hey, here's our new car. And they unveiled the Persephone. And they explain that, you know, Persephone is the Greek goddess of spring and rebirth. She's also the, uh, 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 you know, goddess of vegetation and the queen of the underworld. And Herb flips and delivers one of my favorite lines of the episode. People don't want cars named after hungry old Greek broads. It's sad, but when I hear Danny DeVito, I think of that line a lot, actually. (laughs) I really do. I love Danny DeVito. I really, really love Danny DeVito. He's great. He's so great. And, uh, and his voice is is really, really distinct. Uh, but he doesn't necessarily sound just like Danny DeVito here. Like, he certainly does sound a bit like him. But he is definitely doing a voice and I think maybe emulating Homer's voice a bit. Uh, but uh, he wants to know. He's like, you know, he says, you know, like, uh, uh, you've all forgotten your roots. He's like, you know, he points to one of the guys in the boardroom. And he's like, you know, what are your roots? And this pretentious... Super pretentious dude is like, well, you might say that uh, it might begin. It began when the Angles met the Saxons, and they all start laughing. And he also delivers another this amazing is a line. Great line. He's like, oh, you mean when white met bread? Damn, hot damn! Now that's a great line. I, I plan on using that line at some point. <laughs> Basically, he calls out all of his executives for being these like haughty, rich white people and how they have no like they have no bearing on what the common man wants. And it's frustrating him. He screams at them about how he has like no roots himself and how he's just so lonely and storms off. And his team is like, what the hell is his problem? You know, and I mean, yeah, he probably shouldn't be yelling at them like that. But I mean, you know, his company's going under. He yeah. can do what he wants. Touche. Uh, so as far as that goes, I uh, they get to this mansion, and Homer's like, "This can't be the place." And a limo pulls up, and Homer walks up, and he sees his reflection in the win- uh, the limo windows, and the window rolls down, and Herb looks just like him. Few minor differences, though. They they freak out about how like they're so similar, but you know Herb has hair and Homer's a bigger guy, and they have an emotional meeting, and they're both like you know super excited that they they have a brother. Yeah, for a year older, Herb looks real good. Herb looks a lot better than Homer does. That prostitute had good genes, and I uh, I uh, 
Homer says, holy moly, the bastard's rich. Uh, and they start touring his like estate. So mm-hmm. Homer introduces his family. Yeah. There's a little animation thing I want to point out because yeah. I love it. And it's such a good one. Uh-huh. As he introduces the kids, uh-huh. when he says Bart's name, Bart briefly sticks his tongue out and then says hello. It's a real quick. I didn't even see that. Next time you watch this episode, look for it because Bart like sticks his tongue out of the side of his mouth just real quick at him, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm Bart." <laughs> That's great. I... The little Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> and so I also appreciate the fact that uh, uh, Herb, who would be somebody who would be kind of like nervous about this because of his own uh, history, he's like all born in wedlock, and uh, Homer's like, "Yeah, but the boy was a close call." And Homer, immediately meeting his brother wants to be a part of this he asks if herb wants to hold the baby yeah and he then throws matt like literally, <laughs> literally throws, throws <laughs> and uh then herb meets maggie who will one day make him very rich none of my friends who have kids have thrown kids at me i uh, yeah no never happened to me either that's weird i uh, and so uh, Herb is like, ah, the new baby smell. And he like, you know, he, he's in awe of the fact that Homer has this family. And he says, Homer, you're the richest man I know. And Homer, in response, says, I feel the same way. <laughs> I feel the same about you. Oh, God, I love it. Homer's delivery, when he says that, there's just such an awkward pause. And then he delivers it. I love it. I uh, So I uh, Herb is explaining, you know, everything that his estate has to offer. And, uh, you know, he's got a pool, he's got a screening room, all this stuff, and yada, yada. And Homer gets stuck on the chef, you know, because Herb is like, you know, if anytime you, you want something, you just call up the chef, he'll make it for you. And Homer's like, even pork chops? And Herb is like, yes, even pork chops. He's like, so hold on, it's 4 a.m., Christmas Day, and Marge is like, Homer, and uh and Herb is just so delighted. You can tell he is so happy that Homer has brought himself and his family into his life because he doesn't have a family. And he has to be called Unky Herb. Did you ever call your uncle Unky? No. Uh, for Uncle Billy, it was just Uncle Billy. And I... Uh, yeah, I mean, love my Uncle Billy, but uh, he was... Uh, Mm. Um. Mm. Anyway, uh, so I, I, you know, they're they're the family's really excited. You know, for the kids, they're getting spoiled. They're at the pool and they're playing Marco Polo. Uh, Bart's totally being a fish out of water, and I. Uh, Herb wants to know about Marge. He's like, you know, tell me about your story. And, you know, you know, how, how did you meet Homer and stuff? And Marge is like, well, I met Homer in high school, got married, had three kids. And Herb is like, wow, we have so much catching up to do. And she's like, well, actually, that's pretty much everything. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, the kids are like, you know, watch me dive, watch me dive. And they're all freaking out and they're like eating it up. And uh, Herb isn't really too worried about spoiling the kids. He's like, nah, it's fine. Uh, so... In this episode, it's interesting because we see a lot of scenes where Homer, Bart, and Herb are bonding rather than having the whole family there. I kind of like that, though. I do, too. The the guys only kind of thing. Like, there's a certain amount of sexism that Lisa isn't spending time with Herb and neither is Marge or Maggie. But there is a certain charm to the fact that it's sort of this like kind of like, hey, let, let the guys go out and have fun kind of thing. And... uh 
you know, they presumably they, you know, they're they're skipping stones. The the three boys are at a pond, which you know in Detroit, that's you know ponds, lakes. That's pretty simple to find, right? We've got a lot of water. Why is there a plateau? In the background for Detroit? I don't know. I'm going to ask about the same question with mountains in the end of the episode. Uh, Why yeah. are there mountains? Because we don't have mountains or uh, plateaus. Uh-huh. It's a, yeah, well, 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 there's there's a few things here and there uh, to talk about when it comes to Detroit. I uh, Homer is uh, decides to call Grandpa, and he's like, you know, tells him about what's going on. And Grandpa Simpson's like a millionaire. And he's like, ah, I kept the wrong one. <laughs> and uh, uh, and he he begs Homer not to do anything stupid. And you know, he's he'll be there as soon as he can. They then have a hot air balloon ride in Detroit, which has a giant P on it for Powell. Mm-hmm. And uh, they pop uh, a bottle of champagne. And Bart asks, I. Uh, you know, uh, Unky Herb, if he can spit off the edge. And, you know, Herb's just like, oh, yeah, hock away. And they start spitting on people, and, like, Bart's excited that he got somebody. Uh, but what's kind of interesting to me is it does not look like Detroit. No, it doesn't. The city of Detroit, for those who are unfamiliar, uh, was modeled after Paris. It's a, a a wheel, like the spokes of a wheel, kind of, are how the streets are are uh, sort of were originally, uh, uh, you know, paved. And so... In this city, we see uh, that they're looking down on. It's very, very grid-like, you know, which is a pretty standard way to build a city, but not for Detroit. Yeah, for those who aren't big fans of Paris or don't know anything about Detroit, we've got a lot of gamers, obviously, on GameZilla Media. Mm -hmm. Pokemon X and Y has a very French feel to it, and Lumino City has that same kind of wheel design. Oh, yeah, so if you're a fan of Pokemon and you don't know Paris or Detroit very well, think of it that way, yeah. Good call. I... So they, they, you know, uh, and I love the fact that Herb is completely infatuated with his, like, nephew and, and nieces, you know. He's, he's so excited to have this family, and he's just so, so gung-ho. Uh, and I love that also Homer wakes up in the middle of the night, and he, he's like, sorry to bother you so late, but I got a hankering for, that's right, and don't forget the applesauce. And I cannot imagine it's very healthy to be eating pork chops and applesauce that late at night. I'd do it. I ain't saying I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying it's probably not very healthy. I mean, I'm on a terrible sleep schedule right now, so I totally <laughs> do it. <laughs> that's like my, what, dinner at that point? Yeah. Oh, that's probably not healthy. Uh, so uh, uh, Homer is, is you know, hanging out with Herb, and uh, Herb wants to give him a car. And he's, you know, Homer's like, you want me to give me, a, you want to give me a car? He's like, I don't know, Herb. And, and it's funny because Homer is usually so greedy and and in this scene, we kind of see that he's sort of being a little bit more reserved. He he doesn't feel right necessarily just taking a car from somebody. Uh, but Herb explains that it's, you know, maybe $40 worth of steel in each of them. So the guys who work for Herb mm-hmm. start talking to Homer about the car he wants. Yeah. And Homer says he wants, says he wants a car with a lot of pep. Their cars don't have pep. Mm-hmm. Their cars have good mileage. That's what I want out of a car. I don't care about Pep. <laughs> yeah, it's Pep seems pretty subjective. I'll take my 34 miles to the gallon. Thank you very much. 
No, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, and Herb, though, is is kind of frustrated that Homer is being kind of like almost kind of talked down on. And he's like, he's like, Homer, what country do you live in? And Homer's like, America. And uh, Herb has the idea that he wants Homer to design a car for him and he wants to pay him $200,000 a year. And Homer's like, and I want to let you. Uh, and Homer's given a team of engineers and they're all told that other projects are on hold. And I, uh, they ask him, they're like, all right, Mr. Simpson, what kind of car would you like? And he's like, oh. So the the guys who work there say he want, they have cars with good mileage. Mm-hmm. So I did a little research for oh, this episode. Yeah. Do you know what the average price per gallon was in 1991 in Michigan? What's that? At this time, it was 82 cents a gallon. I'm sorry, I started crying a little bit. What was that? 82 cents a gallon, Craig. Good Lord. I mean, gas is cheaper now than it was a few years ago. because It jumped up in June. June, it was 93 cents. Oh, my. I remember my parents being upset when gas was over a dollar. I remember that, too. Uh, my mom was like, I can't believe it's a dollar. And then there was a stretch of time where it was like $4 a gallon. Now it's down. You know, it's down, which is nice, but these days anyway. But, uh, man, 88 cents. Cripes. Cripes. So we uh, have Homer with these engineers. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, what I also thought was interesting, too, is we see, do you remember the original nuclear safety inspectors from previous uh, previous episode? Yeah. They're here as engineers. That's weird. Uh huh. They now work as engineers for a car company. I, uh, yeah, just another recycling of mo- uh, character models. But uh, and Simpsons thought they'd get away with it, but I noticed. I never thought we'd have DVDs. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Herb is uh, spoiling the kids rotten though, and uh, Marge is having her concerns a bit. I uh, because you know Lisa wants a pony ride, Bart wants to ride a boat. And so Herb meets them halfway and brings a pony onto the boat that they're on. And I, I, are they on the Detroit River? That, that's what I'd imagine. My notes actually ask if this yacht is on the Detroit River. Is the wilderness that we're seeing on the riverbanks from Canada? Oh, that could be. Even though Windsor is not that wilderness. I, I, it's not. For those who least. don't know, Windsor is the Canadian city across the pond from Detroit. South of Detroit, technically. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, weirdly enough, it is uh, one of the uh, the about the only spot where Canada is south of America, because the thumb and Canada loops down. Yeah, I uh, so I, uh, yeah the I, uh, I. Uh, meanwhile, though, the engineers really really hate Homer. Uh, and they basically are turning him into a gopher. They're like, you know, Mr. Simpson, they're like, your brother asked you to help us, right? And Homer's like, yeah. And they're like, why don't you go get us some coffee? And Homer's depressed, and he comes into the living room, and Herb and Bart are playing baseball in the mansion, and Herb's like, Homer, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, they were going to put in some uh, something on board and racking peanut steering. And Herb is like, Homer, he's like, did you ask for rack and pinion steering? And he's like, yeah, I think so. And he's like, Homer, you, you didn't. You don't even know what that is. You called it rack and peanut steering. And I, 
Uh, for those who don't know, rack and pinion steering is, you know, ra- uh, rack and pinion gear set is enclosed in a metal tube with uh, each end of the rack protruding from the tube. A rod called a tire rod connects uh, to each end of the rack. The pinion gear is attached to the steering shaft. And when you turn the steering wheel, the gear spins, moving the rack. I have no clue how cars work. It sounded pretty complicated to me, but it's probably much more simple than it seems. But Herb is kind of pissed at Homer. He tells Homer that he didn't hire him because he, you know, was super smart or, or you know, had it was dynamic. He hired him because he's an average schmo. And Homer just needs self-confidence. And so he just has to tell himself that if there was ever anything I'm sure of, or anytime he makes a decision, he has to tell himself, if I was ever sure of anything, I'm sure of this. And Homer's like, oh, Unky Herb, I don't know. And he's like, Homer, he's like, tell me that with confidence. Uh, he's like, do you understand? He says, sort of. He's like, tell me with, that co- with confidence. He's like, sort of. And he sends Homer back to the engineers. And Homer's got some ideas for a car. <laughs> oh, Sean, do you have some of those ideas? Yeah, so Homer brings up things that he likes. And two of the things that he really likes are bubble domes and tail fins. Because they never go out of style. Which he's right. They're awesome. Bubble domes and tail fins are rad. They remind me of the Adam West Batmobile, and I wish I had a bubble dome and a tail fin. Oh, and he also mentioned shag carpeting. Yeah, shag carpeting. (laughs) Bart and Lisa, meanwhile, are playing croquet in fancy clothes with, like, a butler, and uh, Herb gets a message, and uh, uh, it's this long string of just, like, must-be-terrible things, because then Herb says, call me back and say the exact opposite. He brings in Bart and Lisa, and the engineers start hyping up Homer. Yeah, they really hype up Homer a lot at this moment. They say a lot of nice things about him. How he smells nice, and... Uh, He's got some great ideas. Yeah, and knowing that that's the opposite... These engineers are very sure that Homer is going to destroy this company. Uh, But Herb has complete confidence in Homer and his ideas. And maybe he shouldn't. Uh, So the, uh, you know, Homer is like, you know, uh, oh, he also tells the engineers that he uh, wants three horns because you can never find a horn when you need one. And they should play La Cucaracha. Uh, which apparently I didn't know this is a song about a cockroach. Yes, I had no idea. Hmm. Uh, he asks. I, oh, I yeah. know that from Simpsons trivia because um, Bumblebee Man is actually based on El Cucaracha something. I don't remember the full name of the show, but it's uh-huh. basically a Mexican show about a superhero who's a cockroach living really? his normal everyday life. Kind of. I think the tick the tick is very similar to it interesting i had no idea i uh, so uh homer wants a separate uh dome bubble uh for the kids so to uh uh like keep them quiet or whatever uh you know keep them out of his hair i like that the one guy because he's like how can we keep the kids quiet and the one guy's like what about an onboard like video game system he's like you're fired why does my brother why did my brother even hire you i uh, and i uh, i uh, Basically, uh, the, you know, Homer is like, you know, su- getting super excited and he's got all these ideas and he's just like, he's kind of being a jerk to everybody. He's kind of like, like, he's like, hello, Einstein. He's like, you know, and like you know, talking about cup holders and stuff. So like, you know, it's, uh, well, he uh, wants a drink that can fit his drink. Yes, that's right. Uh, even I, though the car has cup holders, he wants the giant slurpy size cup. Mm-hmm, exactly. I, uh, 
so as far as that goes, I uh, we have uh, uh, meanwhile, like uh, Herb is taking uh, the uh, uh, Simpson children to the Detroit Zoo. Yeah, so this is kind of an interesting scene for a lot of reasons. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. We totally missed something, uh, which is probably the most relevant for us. Uh, there, uh, uh, Herb watches Itchy and Scratchy with uh, Bart and Lisa, and uh, uh, Herb feels like he wasted his life on board meetings when he could have been watching cartoons instead. That is true. And then while Homer's being tested for wind resistance which is really weird to me, then he takes them to the zoo. So do you know what makes this scene so interesting? What's that? A little bit of Detroit trivia. How much do you know about the Detroit Zoo? Bits and pieces. Go on. So the Detroit Zoo has a penguinarium. Uh-huh. I, I, I recall that. The penguinarium was the first zoo building in the world designed entirely for penguins. The three-sided habitat includes underwater viewing and surrounded by a continuous pool, which allows the penguins to swim fast enough that they can be similar to porpoise on the water or to fly on the water, a behavior that is frequently seen in the wild. The Detroit Zoo is one of the few zoos in the world to incorporate this design feature. Interesting. I I knew that they uh, had a really big penguin exhibit in the Detroit Zoo. I don't know when that penguinarium was built, uh, but I'm very sure it would have been built before this episode aired because I uh, uh, remember being there as a kid. And watching the penguins. Oh yeah, I remember going there many a time. And you go kid. into like the cave area, and like you see the glass window, and it's them swimming and stuff. The Detroit Zoo has got some cool parts, but that is probably the coolest part. Absolutely. Uh, it also has a big dinosaur like exhibit where like you have like statues of dinosaurs and stuff. I remember that as a kid. Man, dinosaurs are rad. Yeah, they are. Uh, interesting enough, uh, the Detroit Zoo is not actually in Detroit. It is actually a couple of miles north of the city limits in a city called Royal Oak. That's my home away from home. And Marge says, now this is spoiling them as Herb is uh, bribing the zookeeper to let the kids play with penguins. Which sounds amazing. I'd do it. I would love to play with penguins. We'd have a little tea party. They're already wearing the tuxes. Wah, wah. So, uh, the engineers show Homer the first draft of the car. And Homer at first is like, no, 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 redraws it and tells them to get to work, which they build this car pretty quick because they're now at the unveiling. Okay, so I find this unveiling really weird. Uh-huh. And I want to point out why I find that weird and a lot of the stuff in this episode is weird to me. Yeah. So Al Jean, who works on The Simpsons, mm-hmm. is from Michigan. Yeah. So a lot of his references are on point. It's very weird to me that a car is unveiled at an unveiling when we have the Detroit Auto Show, where a lot of car companies show off their cars. Yeah. However, The Simpsons started in 1989, which means Al Jean had moved out to Hollywood by then. The Auto Show did not start until 1989. Oh, so Al Jean missed out on the very first Auto Show, and that's when they would have uh, changed things up and started doing the, I gotcha. So as a Detroiter, I found this scene very weird, but I found out the reason why, and I thought I would share that with everybody. I have kind of a weird, fun thing about Detroit here as well. So I... as Herbert is introdu- or introducing uh, like himself and like you know he thanks everyone for being there, he also uh, thanks his holiness, and you see a pope hat kind of nod a bit in his direction. Seems like an offhand joke, and it kind of is. However, in 1987, 
uh, September 19th, 1987 at that, which is my birthday, uh, <laughs> you had a uh, Detroit had a visit from Pope John Paul II, uh, and it was very big to do. So it makes me wonder, did Al Jean remember the fact that the Pope visited Detroit before he left and decided to put that in, and like just because of his memory? Oh, that's a good one. I, I honestly want to hit him up on Twitter and ask him these questions, but he would probably never answer me back. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm so curious about this because I. I but you know what? We're gonna do it. We're gonna post this and see if we can get an answer. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious. I don't know if we will or not, but I. I would be very curious to. Uh, to know. Uh, if. If because it kind of depends on when he went out to Hollywood. But then again, it was big enough to do that. Pope John Paul II came out, and let's face it, in the like late '80s. Detroit wasn't really the best place to be. No. So it probably was kind of a big deal that the Pope was uh, visiting, Pope John Paul II. Uh, but I... Uh, so Herb plays the commercial for the car. And Homer says, as powerful as a gorilla, but as soft as a Nerf ball. And they, they ta- you know, it shows him driving, but you don't really see the car very well. You do, however, see a very weird horrible animation that I want to point out. Yeah? The seatbelt that Homer has on mm-hmm. when he's driving Yeah, attaches to the bubble dome. Oh, that's not great. Yeah, it's like attached to the bubble dome window. It doesn't look like it makes any sense. I'll have to look for that the next time. I didn't even catch that. Uh, so, the car is unveiled and everybody is just gasps. And it looks hideous. And it's funny because I remember when I was a kid being like, oh, man, that car looks really cool. I don't understand why nobody would like it. But it looks so bad. If someone drove that up to me and they're like, Craig, here's your car, I would just be like, oh, does it have to be? It's pretty sweet. <laughs> it is so goofy with the bubble domes and the fins. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool in the sense that it's just so bad. Yeah, so bad. So, uh, one of the guys in the uh, the crowd, uh, uh, is like, "What does this monstrosity cost?" And Herb is like, "Hey, he's like, I think he said something like, hey, Jerry, what, what's the price on, or what's the sticker price on this thing?'" And he's like, "Eighty-two thousand dollars." He's like, "I'm ruined." So, to put that into context for modern day, mm-hmm. I used an inflation calculator and jumped on $82,000. Oh, yeah. How much uh, would that be for a car? That would be $153,854. So, nearly one hundred and fifty-four k. You could buy an Aston Martin Vantage for that price. The sticker price for a 2019 Aston Martin Vantage is $150,000. Whoa. So, her breaks down. And he cries that he, like, you know, he's like, the zoo was fun, but, and basically hints at the fact that he spent way too much money, and he cries about how he's ruined. And La Cucaracha plays on the horn as Homer awkwardly smiles. Weird that Herb didn't have anything put away to not be ruined, you know? It's also weird that they made one, like, I mean, how how many of these cars did they make that he was ruined? Yeah, he made one blunder and it ruined his company. The new Coke didn't ruin Coke. It might have also been a ploy. We're not getting into Coke conspiracy <laughs> theories here. That's for another episode. So, 
Kumatsu Motor, Motors buys out Powell Motors and full circle to that joke earlier about how the Japanese were cornering Powell Motors in the market. And at this time, Japanese car companies were being uh, like, a, you know, they were getting bigger for sure. Kumatsu Motors shows up later in the series. Oh, they make the plow truck that Homer buys. Oh, they do, don't they? Yep. So Homer buys something from the company that ruined his brother. No, it's not that they ruined him. It's that they, they bought took him out. Yeah. You know, some kind of like merger or something. Who knows? And, and you know, he, he potentially he sold the company to Kumatsu or maybe he went bankrupt and then they bought it out from the government. That could be. That makes a little more sense because pa- Herbert Powell doesn't seem to have much money when we see him later. But that's a bit of a spoiler. So Kumatsu buys out Powell, Powell Motors or or gets it in some kind of you know deal. Who knows? And Homer says... You know, I'm starting to think maybe I shouldn't have come into your life. And Herbert has so much venom in his voice. He's like, maybe, maybe you shouldn't have come into my life. And he turns around on a bus and he says, as far as I'm concerned, I have no brother. And the door closes. And Marge is like, maybe he just said that to make conversation. And Lisa says his life was an unbridled success until he found out he was a Simpson. That is a very meta joke, Lisa. A bit meta and honestly just more telling of the fact that the Simpson family is just sort of this like kind of corrupting force for others. It just sort of sullies everything that it touches. Yeah. So Grandpa Simpson arrives. By taxi, man. Hmm? He oh, arrives yeah. by taxi. He, How much is a taxi from Springfield to Detroit? Oof. I don't even want to imagine how expensive it is. Uh, because it would be belligerently expensive. Then or maybe he oh, maybe he just flew to Detroit Airport and then took a taxi to Powell uh, Motors Estate. Which, much like the Detroit Zoo, is not in Detroit. Is it not? No, the, the Detroit Metro Airport? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the Powell Estate. No, I'm talking about Detroit uh, Metro Airport. Yeah, you're right. It is not. It is in uh, Romulus. Romulus. Romulus, that's right. Uh, yeah, there's a, I, Detroit is a huge city, but, I mean, there's also a, a ton of suburbs to Detroit. Yeah, that, that's how a lot of major cities are. Like, the Chicago Airport is the O'Hare's at O'Hara, Rosemont. O'Hara, that's right. Ah, Rosemont, where nothing happened. <laughs> I shall not <laughs> shall not explain what happened there. Perhaps in a Patreon episode. No, no. That, that story is <laughs> never going anywhere. <laughs> so Grandpa arrives and uh, he's like, oh, where's the chip off the old block? And Homer's like, get in, Dad. I'll explain on the way. And Grandpa is like, oh, I knew you'd blow it. Gets back in the taxi and drives off. And Homer sadly drives his family home. And Bart pops out of the back seat. And he's like, Dad, I thought the car was cool. And Homer's like... I was waiting for somebody to say that. And they drive through wilderness and mountains? Yeah, and it says they're now leaving Michigan. So that's what, the Ohio border? Ah, now let's go ahead and delve into this uh, scene here. So first off, I want to talk about how beautiful it looks. It's a kind of pinkish and twilight and looks gorgeous. However, however, (laughs) there's a lot of mountains and wilderness and... That would not be in southern Michigan. No, it's very flat. Uh, 
Yeah, so it, it is. It's you know the Ohio, Ohio where the Ohio border is. It does. It gets quite flat and not even that many forests and woods and stuff. Yeah, I've had to take a few road trips out to Ohio because I usually go out there video game hunting because I yeah. can find cheaper prices on stuff. Mm-hmm. And typically, it is the flattest, most boring ride you'll ever have. And there's not much out there. There's a lot of trees, and that's it. Yeah, there's there's really. Not uh, a ton, you know, uh, uh, a ton. And so here's a, a kind of a, an interesting uh, uh, thing to think about. So they're driving and they're now leaving Michigan, which would be in the south. However, we see in this scene the sun is setting ahead of them, which the sun sets in the west, correct? Yeah. Rises in the east, sets in the west. So they're now heading west. Okay. So they're heading towards... They drove all the way north through the UP, headed west, and that's how they're leaving Michigan. Mountains? Wilderness? What else could it be? They went all the way north from Detroit to the UP, crossed that Mackinac Bridge, headed through the Upper Peninsula, headed west, and that is how they left Michigan. There is no other explanation. The sun is setting in the west. There's a sign leaving Michigan. There's wilderness everywhere. I will argue they did not go to the UP because no one makes it back alive from the UP. (laughs) It's the UP. It has to be. Where else are you going to see mountains in the distance? That's Canada and the rest of the UP, which is God's country. Yeah, no one makes it out alive from the UP, Craig. I'm telling you, it's the UP. It's the upper peninsula. They stopped by Mackinac Island. Homer had to get fudge. Can you blame him? Mackinac fudge is delicious. (laughs) I'm not. I'm just saying that's the only reasonable explanation. Uh, We dive way too deep into some of the stupidest things. Perhaps. So, Sean, what do you think is the lasting impact for this episode? So I'm going to pick a weird one on this one. Yeah. This is the first time that we see that corrupting force that is the Simpsons. Oh, that's true. This, I, I mean, we don't really see that too much earlier in the series where the, the Simpson family and whoever they can become involved with sort of become like... Worse for the wear. Yeah, basically. It, it kind of corrupts and, and, you know, sort of sullies everyone that they come in contact with. And I think this might be the first episode where we see that. Like, a few things with Krusty may have been where he sullies his own thing, but Bart also helps sully some of that. Yeah, yeah, that that's a, uh, an inter- interesting approach. Uh, honestly, my lasting impact for this episode is uh, I think this might be the first episode we have a sort of a zany relation come into play. Like, in later episodes, we'll have the fact that, like, Krusty wants to get reunited with, like, his estranged father. Uh, we'll have episodes where, you know, like, there's just, like, kind of weird relations and weird characters that are, like, connected to the the Simpsons characters and their friends and family. Uh, you know, and so I think this might be the first episode where it's sort of, like, kind of has that soap opera kind of touch where it's like, oh, no, you secretly have a half-brother, you know? Dun-dun-dun! Yeah, you know, I mean, like, you know... E- Arguably, even the episode where, you know, Homer's mother comes back, you know, up until that point, we just sort of assumed she was dead. And then abruptly we find out she's alive. And so I think this might be the first episode with a weird family relation that kind of like has some drama added to it. Man, it would have been really cool if she was dead. That episode of Rugrats where we find out Chucky's mom is dead is such a good cartoon. That is a depressing episode. Finding out that Homer has like all of this disconnection because his mother wasn't there. 
It's still and, depressing. Mm-hmm. But man, if she was dead, it would be like that Rugrats episode. Yeah, it really would. Cripes. I yes, yeah, or, so, or like the Futurama where Leela's like wishing she had parents. And oh God, yeah. in the sewers. Oh God, parent issues are so great for cartoons. They really are. They they are a very solid way to uh, work in some character for for uh, the the show. Uh, what kind of kind of confuses me, and and honestly, it's a little bit you know sort of like you know kind of like hits a little close to home. Herb loved Bart, Lisa, and Maggie. Loved them to death. Had a ton of fun spoiling them and going out. And like, yeah, he doesn't have that stuff anymore. But the kids don't see him again until he reappears in a later episode. And he kind of shrugs it off that he was having such tough times that he couldn't be around. And it honestly kind of like, I mean, my Uncle Billy, who I tell many funny stories about throughout this show and even Legend of Retro, I... I, you know, like I, he's like my favorite uncle. I, I enjoyed his presence so much. And he, in the last however many years until he passed away, he had had a fight with like my mother and like, I didn't see him. And so like, to me that it strikes so close to home because like Herb could have totally at least stayed connected with his niece, uh, his nephew and nieces. And he doesn't. He just sort of fades off. Well, I mean, what's he going to tell him? He slept in a box? In <laughs> a rat for a pillow? <laughs> I mean, but no, I honestly, like, and even with my Uncle Billy, who had had some kind of tougher times, you know, uh, before he had passed away, I uh, that kind of stuff doesn't matter, you know? And so that really kind of, like, hits a little close to home. It's a little upsetting because it's like, in my head, it's so interesting to watch uh, Herbert Powell get along so well with Homer's family and then he just has no connection. Then I realized that he's a guest star and you couldn't have him become a regular character. And I realized the the sort of like, you know, the realistic side of things, the meta side of things. But like in canon, in this universe, it is super upsetting that Bart, Lisa and Maggie do not get to stay connected with their uncle. Couldn't they have him as a guest character, though? I mean, come on. They have guest stars who are pretty much there all the time. Well, that's true. I mean, Danny DeVito, though, I feel like is is. I mean, he was he had a lot of movies in the 90s, though. Yeah, he did. He's actually just about to do Batman Returns at this point. Really? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, he was in comedies. He was in action movies. I mean, Danny DeVito was in a ton of stuff in the 90s. So maybe he just didn't have the time or, or potentially he wouldn't have had the time, even if the writers tried to work him in. Because that would have been awesome if Herbert was like Homer's like angry half-brother who loves the kids but just hates on Homer for just being such an idiot. But, once again, is it really Homer's fault? Powell Motors was going downhill. All of his engineers were like, sir, you can't be doing this. This is going to ruin us. And, and it just messed them up. And, uh, and that's what it boiled down to. Herb was bewildered by his brother, and that cost him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it is definitely uh, uh, a shame, but I... Uh, I tell you what, John. I did want to uh, touch base with you a little bit about uh, how our fans can uh, uh, support us. Uh, if our fans want to support not only uh, Noiseland Arcade but also Gamezilla Media Network, and you want to also get some cool benefits for it, make sure to head on over to Patreon.com/slash Gamezilla Media. You're going to be able to uh, get a bonus bi-monthly show we offer, Smart Line, uh, just for paying five dollars a month, and. Uh, Sean, uh, before we started recording this episode, um, you had uh, a few choice things to say about me, and and I, I want all of our listeners to know, why don't you just go ahead and 
say what you're going to say, but just the opposite of. Craig WK is a brilliant man with lots of well-thought-out, practical ideas. He's ensuring the financial security of this podcast. Oh, yes, and his personal hygiene is above report. <laughs> That's right. Thank you.